Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you, guys. I am thrilled that you decided to stay and listen to the radio program. I got a dear friend of mine. He is the chaplain down at the mission. Uh, At least he's the only chaplain we have right now. We've got another one coming in the 1st of January. And uh, his name is Tom Mooney, and he has been with the mission at least 20 years. I'm not sure exactly how long. Thomas, how long have you been with us? Um, Actually, volunteering for 30. Yeah. And teaching for 30 and coming up very soon on 20 years. Uh, For employed, yes. Yes. Uh, I've been with the mission for it probably that long as as well. I volunteered for years and years and years until uh, one day when they called me and asked uh, if I would come down, if I would consider coming down and and, uh, meeting with the board to become the executive director. And so... I had the business experience, I guess, and I had the pastoral experience, and I had uh, no other experience. <laughs> but, but you know, we were just talking about it the other day. I made the statement to the board of directors when I first came 17 years, almost 17 years ago, that uh, I appreciated them calling me and that there was a professor at Liberty University that said if you're called and you, you go to a church, you want to know if it's truly a call, then you pray that you have a perfect peace about coming and that the church has a perfect peace about you coming to them. And uh, so I made that a stipulation that uh, if there were any doubts about me being the guy, then I would understand. And I told him there's got to be 10,000 men more qualified to be the director of the Union Gospel Mission than I am. So here's what I'm getting to. We were just talking about it the other day. God doesn't look around and say who's the best equipped to do these things. What he does is he looks around and he says, come on, I want you to do this. And your your requirement is, here I am, Lord. And then he equips you. Now, I'm not saying that, that you know, Things have been super smooth since I got there. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that things have gone well in spite of me. <laughs> because, and you know, uh, we were just talking about false humility. This isn't false hum- humility. It's not even humility at all. It's just the realization, and it's a good place to be, when you realize that you can't do the things that you are are asked to do without a sovereign holy lord who guides your every step and you know what mr christian miss christian who's out there right now and you're trying to work your way through everything and you're stumbling and you're bumbling and you just you feel like you should give up because you you just can't do this i can't stop doing the things that i don't want to do well paul said that too didn't he he did uh so you know Here's what I'm getting to, is it's by grace you've been saved through faith and that not even of yourself. And so instead of sitting down and always, you know, I got to do better. I got to do better. I'm going to do better next time. And then I feel horrible because I failed next time. Well, 
Rely on the sovereign, holy Lord. Resolve yourself to abandon yourself to the Lord and let him guide your steps. Uh, Would you say that's fairly accurate, Pastor Tom? It's a surrender. Mm -hmm. And it's a surrender to a loving God who knew what he was doing when he called you, Mm -hmm. who loves you with a love you can't even imagine, and has promised that he's going to make all things work together for the good of those who love him, the called according to his purpose. You can relax no matter what God's called you to do and walk the walk and he will lead you. Exactly. And so you need to... Uh, just like the person, and we get this all the time, I've done it myself. Lord, I'm really not worthy. And here's the deal. I'm going to give you a guarantee. How's that? You ready? You're not worthy. <laughs> but see, that's the whole thing. If you could have obtained uh, to be worthy of heaven, Jesus didn't need to come. There didn't need to be a Christmas morning. There didn't need to be an Easter And obviously, I'm not talking about those exact dates. We know that those are probably not correct. But the bottom line comes down to this, that God makes you worthy of the call. Does he not, Pastor? What a beautiful thing. By grace are you saved through faith. Mm -hmm. He chose us knowing us in our weaknesses, knowing us in our failings, and he chose us. That thumbnail sketch of, of grace is unmerited favor. I didn't That's do right. anything to deserve this. I was lost in sin. He broke through to me with the revelation of his precious son, Jesus Amen. Christ, and saves. Salvation <clears throat> is from the Lord. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, you know, we are the bearers. We are the ones that come and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. It always amazes me when somebody says, well, I've personally, I, I, I've, I've saved four people. Really? I, I wasn't capable of even saving me, <laughs> you know? But God is capable of doing those things. And the reliance on the Lord God Almighty is, is something that, you know, when you come to the end of yourself is where you find the beginning of grace, right? That's exactly right. So as long as you think you can do it, you're not going to look to God for any kind of help, right? And anything that you can do in your own power isn't him. Right. And it's you, and it will be weak, and it won't endure. No, and that's exactly correct. And when we're talking with the guys on the program— We're trying to get them to understand that, yes, you aren't worthy. No, your past doesn't impede you from coming to to salvation. What impedes you usually is your own pride and your stubbornness not to want to get the help from the Lord or unbelief. Unbelief is always the bottom line. People are always asking, well, I I might have committed the unpardonable sin. Really? Well... I don't need to know what you did, but let me ask you a question. Uh, Do you want to come to Jesus Christ? Well, yes, I do, but I think I'll be prevented. No, if you want to come, you you haven't committed the unpardonable sin because when you do, if you do, you won't care anymore because nobody can come to the Father except what? He be called. 
the Spirit draws him. Right. It's God's love in action. It's the power of the gospel. It is the power of the gospel. That's why we have T-shirts printed up. And we we had all these T-shirts printed up, and they have our beautiful logo, which, by the way, if you've never seen our logo, it's really very cool. Uh, you know, it's the cross that hangs outside of our building. We got the big neon cross, and it's got a road, and it's got Sacramento in, underneath it. And so it's got the Union Gospel Mission right in the middle, and so the path to Jesus right through Sacramento, right through the Union Gospel Mission, we hold our hands out uh, for people to come and hear the gospel message, right? And so our T-shirts are a little bit different. They have the logo on them, but what do they have on them, Pastor Mooney? Well, I'll tell you, you probably haven't seen the T-shirts yet, have you? I haven't got one yet. Oh, well, I need to get you one. <laughs> we, got, we got plenty of them. But on the back, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel why for it is the power of god unto salvation Amen. to everyone who believes that's right and so uh, i'm pretty sure if you're listening to this you might be one of the everyone right absolutely so if you say i i don't know well you know what if you're drawn to god you're drawn by the father you come in faith and repentance to that the foot of that cross, and you will find forgiveness there. Uh, anybody who truly comes uh, will not be turned away. That's what the Bible says. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But don't make a mistake. It's not just a frivolous thing of, oh, okay, well, let me cover my bases. I call on you, Lord. You save me. No, that's not how you come to grace. Uh, you know what? You come broken to grace. Confessing your sin. Amen. Turning and repenting. Amen. Believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and declaring him that you have a new master. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Amen. The glorious work of the regeneration of the Spirit of God. And, you know, uh, people often think, well, oh, but I've got to put in years to earn my salvation. Well, you could put in years, but you won't earn your salvation. It was accomplished on a Friday afternoon on a cross. That's right. That's right. And as a matter of fact, there's one who testifies that, hey, doesn't take time because he said, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And you know what? He was guaranteed tomorrow. This day I shall see you in paradise. But I don't know anybody, any believer that wouldn't love to hear those words. Amen. When John the Baptist cried out, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. The very purpose of God was to restore a creation that he loved. And he himself came down, everlasting Father, and died on the cross for us. Wonderful Counselor, Jehovah Gabor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. God's purpose was to make peace for us because of our sin. You know what? 
the residual effect of the celebration of the birth of Christ, and we don't even need to get into actual dates and all of those kind of things, just the celebration of the birth of Christ, even for the unbeliever, there's an effect that happens, in my opinion, this time of year, and that residual effect is once upon a time, uh, the storefronts and stuff were more, uh, you know, the churches were more involved in what the meaning of Christmas was than the presents and the gaiety and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Uh, ever since I was a kid, I could feel the difference at this time of year. And uh, so I personally love this time of year, but I don't love it because of all the gifts and all the parties and all the decorations and all that kind of stuff. I do love Christmas music. Not, not jingle bells and all those things, but some of the truly, truly uh, wonderful Christmas songs there are. And you know what, Believer? We actually should be playing those all year long. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Uh, so, Tom, tell me something. This time of year, you work with our guys, obviously, on, on study and all those kind of things, but you do something else this time of year, too, right? It's more musically inclined? I lead the choir. And when the men come on our program, we hand them a song sheets and tell them, you just joined the choir. <laughs> and we have a wonderful food box giveaway for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and also for the resurrection. Amen. And they stand up and sing their hearts out uh, to the glory of God. And some years, it's like killing cats. And some, <laughs> and some years, they just come together, and it's so beautiful. And uh, this was one of those years. And so this year, for our Christmas food box giveaway, we are going to have a feature soloist start out uh, our silent night. One of the men has a, a, a passion for, for choral singing and choirs. And so we're going to have him start. And it's a blessing. And if, and even if you don't need a food box, come down for a joyful celebration of the birth of Christ. Amen. Amen. So you you sing, uh, you sing slaying songs and. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't. All right. What Silent night, angels we have heard on high, mm -hmm. and hark the herald angels sing. Which I don't know of a song that that gives the gospel more clearly. Than that, uh, there are so many wonderful old Christmas uh, melodies that I love. You know, I, I love some of the lines to rescue captive Israel, uh, and that's all of us to rescue us all. Uh, when you know what what time this time of year when we hear those things, if we really listen to them. They're sermons in themselves, are they not? Listen with the ears of faith. Yes, they are. Absolutely. Yep. Is there anything, when, when those songs are playing, when you have a really good, uh, when you have a really good choir that's out there, and by the way, I wanted to make this clear. Pastor Mooney just said that some years it's like killing cats, and that is. However, having said that, the Bible tells us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. He didn't say anything about make it good. <laughs> play, play skillfully and make a joyful noise to the Lord. That's right. But when you consider those words, 
veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hailed incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels yeah. sing, glory to the newborn king. It's wonderful. It's all there, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's who he is, where he came from, what it means, you know, and, and there's that babe in swaddling cloth in the manger, right? And there's a host of angels crying out, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know, I've always pictured that as the shepherds lay in the fields and the angels ascending and descending, you know, rising up and down. Uh, and if you look in the Bible, you'll find out that every time an angel shows up, it's accompanied by fear not. <laughs> I think I can understand that. It, it describes the angelic host. The host is the same word they use for an army. In, in some of the translations, they say the heavens were torn open and a host of angels came down declaring. And what they declared, I find to be so extraordinary. For unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So the angels of heaven declared that the baby born in Bethlehem was the Lord. He's the Lord of the universe, the Lord of creation. He's the Lord of the Jews. He's the Lord of men, Jesus Christ. I'm on board. <laughs> no, it's absolutely true, you know, that I, I think that when we think about uh, the crucifixion of Christ and we see that day, the the darkness that came over the sky and sometimes we overlook when it said the veil between the holy of holies and the outer room was rent in half or torn in half we think okay well the curtain was torn well your curtain at home might be uh might be a sixteenth of an inch thick but the temple uh <laughs> the curtain there was something more than that like 70 feet high woven seven layers thick I was uh, as much as an inch uh, a foot and a half thick I was listening to uh, uh, a rabbi and he was talking about uh, what the Jews had recorded about that incident where the veil was torn and um, they recorded that the that the oil lamps went out in the uh, temple. Of course, the temple was lit by the oil lamp, mm -hmm. and the doors of the temple opened on the at the moment the earthquake hit when Christ died. Yeah, and and all of that to usher in the new covenant that there would be no more advocate for men to God, but. Christ himself. The one sacrifice that satisfied the justice of God had been made when the sinless died for the sinner on the cross. Yes, and so when we approach heaven, we will be viewed with the righteousness bestowed on us by Christ himself. That doesn't mean you are righteous. That means you are accounted as righteous. It's wonderful uh, in Romans when it says, uh, when you believe in your heart that, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you are justified. 
Yes. It's an actual legal term. It, it means is. to render a favorable verdict. That's right. So when God gives you the gift of faith and you believe, he justifies you. It's from the root word dikaio, and it means to render a favorable verdict. That's why Paul could write, there is therefore now no condemnation. That's the pronouncement of judgment, legal term, works off of that. For those that are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Yes, it's been satisfied. Satisfied. That's, that's a huge word. You know, when we have been made, when we have, when the law has been satisfied and we are now in Christ, we have peace with God. Yeah, I don't think we ever stop to really think about what that means to have peace with God. But we do need to think about it. We do, we? yes. We, we need to settle on that yes. and, and let the Scripture settle that anxiety that That's we have. Right. So many times, because of our realization of our failures, we, we're ashamed to go to God. And, and that's the very purpose Jesus died. And we need to linger on that, that we have peace with God. And we need to, to grasp its meaning. We need to pause there until we begin to understand it. No, I, I absolutely agree with you 100%. I mean, there's no other explanation for it. We do need to linger at that. You know, so many times people really are struggling with, am I saved, am I, am I not saved? Well... If you're counting on works, then that is where a lot of your anxiety comes from. Because you may or may not be saved, I don't know, but the reality is that if you're trying to work your way in, you're going to if you're doing really well on Monday, you feel like you're in, and if you're if you're falling down and stumbling and messing up on Tuesday, you feel like you're lost. That's a horrible place to walk in. Never knowing that if you're hit by that bus, will I have time to repent? Well, the reality is that you need to get those that all out of the way so that it doesn't matter whether you get hit by the bus or you don't get hit by the bus. You're walking in Christ, right? What I tell people is I always believe Jesus rose from the dead. I always believe in the Son of God. My faith does not rest on anything I'm doing. My faith rests on what God did. And when Jesus said, it is finished, it, it means what? Paid in full. That's what it means. And, and he paid the entire price. I could never approach it. All to him I owe. And so anything of my own would be an offense to the cross. So what do we do? We go back and we rest in that peace that he gave us at the cross. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that that is the explanation for it. I mean, you know, it's like, taking, it's like taking a beautiful statue by Michelangelo and then you want to decorate it yourself. Hey, we're down to one minute. Anything you'd like to say before? And then we'll, I'm going to have him back on next week and we'll, we'll, we'll continue this discussion. Yes, please be praying for, for the men on our drug and alcohol program that uh, the holidays are hard for them. and They're not going to be near their loved ones. And, and uh, lift them up in prayer, if you will. You know what? 
I know you guys do, and I hear from a lot of you out there, and, and I so much appreciate it. The mission appreciates it because our whole impetus is always to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.